Welcome to the RV Navigator Podcast, your RV lifestyle digital home. Visit the RV Navigator homepage at rvnavigator.com. And now, here are your hosts, Ken and Martha, podcasting from their mobile RV studio that might be parked in a campground near you. Hello once again. This is Ken, your RV navigator. And Martha, the co-pilot. And we sure are wishing that we were at a campground near you, but it's Uh, December and we are at home for the holidays. The family would have it no other way. Home for the holidays. And we are enduring snow and cold and wishing we were somewhere warm in our RV. But we will be traveling in the not-too-distant future as we head off in January for Texas. So the next episode will be from... An RV campground near you. In the new year. In the new year. But since it's December, uh, this is, of course, the time of year when you are thinking about your Christmas shopping. And certainly your family and friends who love to camp as much as you do are always in need of stocking stuffers or nice packages under the tree that will make their RV living a little more fun or more practical or more exciting. So... Since Ken is such a gizmologist, we have um, made a list of various things that we have accumulated over the years that we enjoy using in our RV and make our life more interesting and fun while we are on the road. And we thought we might give you some suggestions for stocking stuffers for your RV friends and family. And just to play Santa for once in a while, we're going to uh, have this list and we are asking you to add to the list also. And if you'd like to contact us, you can send us email at navigator at rvnavigator.com, and we will add your precious suggestions to our list. But uh, these are not things that you ordinarily would buy at Camping World. We're, we're probably talking to a, a group that uh, is familiar with Camping World, and uh, so we're going to kind of talk about some, some different things that we have uh, found over the years. And one that I actually even took to South Africa with me because it's so valuable is my headlight. Sounds very weird. I'm not nearly the gizmologist that Ken is, and some of the stuff he brings, I think, oh, my God, why did he put that in a suitcase? We only have 50 pounds, 50 50 precious pounds. But the headlight ended up being a very practical thing to bring. Uh, If you were with us on our podcast where we talked about South Africa, we often had evening meetings where we would get directions and instructions for the next day. And I would sit there with my pad and paper, and I would be able to take legible notes that I could read the next day because I could wear the headlight. But the real reason that Ken has the headlight is... Well, it's a hands-off way of having a flashlight that attaches uh, with a strap to your head. Now, this may seem very strange, and you've seen these on miners, but uh, they become popular, and you can buy them at uh, your home hardware store. But they are LED, which is very nice, so they have multiple powers, and they are very uh, miserly on batteries so that uh, it, uh, you can use it for an extended period of time without having to worry about using up uh, precious batteries. And they are quite bright. And if you do things that require both hands, then the headlight is the thing for you. If you're doing them in dark spaces. Well, yes. And frequently uh, in an RV, you're doing things in, in tight Under quarters. the sink or behind the toilet. Or your face is uh, pointed in the right direction, and you need both hands to, to work. And so these are little uh, 
lamps that fit on uh, with a strap on your head. And they're quite inexpensive. Um, mine is not rechargeable, but I think they make rechargeable ones. And then as a matter of fact, maybe we should talk just a little bit about LED flashlights as a whole. Because LEDs have transformed the flashlight world. And you can easily buy uh, multiple uh, LED flashlights with, uh, well, the one I saw the other day at 21 LEDs. And the nice thing that's happened is, is that LEDs used to be just blue or red, but now they make very nice white ones so that uh, they, the things that you're looking at seem to be quite normal. And, of course, they don't make them in the variety that uh, that my wife has, my wife needs, because she needs... What are you talking, colors to match my outfits? No, no, no. <laughs> she needs a million candle power. Oh, for the bear light. She needs to have a bear light. Early in our camping life, we camped in um, the Orlando area next to a pond that contained an alligator. And wouldn't you know it, uh, I had to get up in the middle of the night and take a long walk around this pond to the bathroom and... It really the made drama. me feel better to have a very large, very high power <laughs> flashlight in my hand. Not that, well, I could see the alligator better and maybe hit him over the head if he started chasing me. So ever since then, uh, having a We've large, have this what we call a bear light. Super powerful, multiple million candle power. And of course, it's large and uses a regular incandescent bulb, but they are nicely rechargeable these days. So, And the one we have now, I think we could use to light or illuminate a Walmart parking lot. <laughs> well, that um, is another uh, new invention in the in the the multi-million watt candle, the multi-candle power flashlight. And then uh, the other one I bought was a work light, which is uh, very nice because you've often had these um, work lights that you had to plug in and you had to worry about the bulb burning out and or getting smashed uh, because it had a standard bulb in it. But these are now rechargeable and have all of these little LEDs so there's no shadows. And it actually works very well, especially in conjunction with the headlight. Wow. What a Christmas gift. Shall we move on down the list? I don't know. I'm pretty excited. Uh, the next item on the list is something that I would probably never have on my own. Really? But uh, Ken likes it so much, we have one in our house and one <laughs> in our RV. And uh, he calls it a projection clock. And what this digital clock projects is the time and the temperature. And uh, when you lay in bed at night and the, the freight train comes by and wakes you up in your campground, you can glance up at the ceiling and see exactly what annoying time the train went by and why you're cold in your RV. Well, I like to, when I wake up, I like to see what time it is. And this projects it in nice big letters so you don't need your glasses on the ceiling of your RV, on the inside, of course. Um, and they're not very expensive, and they uh, work well, and it has an outdoor thermometer sensor so that you can put that on the outside of your RV, and it will tell you what the temperature is so that you have this information instantly available the moment you get up in the morning. So you do glue the sensor onto the outside of our RV? Yes, oh, absolutely. And occasionally it falls off? Nope, never had it fall off. Oh. I actually did it with uh, Velcro which works very well, winter and summer. So then when the projection fails, we just need a new battery? That's the it problem? It does require a battery or two. And it is LED. Of course. Of course. 
Next item on our list I think is a pretty obvious one, and I would hope you would have already thought about it, um, and that's a thermometer for your fridge. Uh, there's nothing worse than buying some food and putting it in there and finding out that your fridge has died or you didn't pr- plug it in properly or the switch between uh, gas and electric didn't work properly, whatever. Or- but the the thing we like about our thermometer is that the display um, is on the outside of the refrigerator. It's indoor, so you, outdoor. So you don't have to open the door and peer in to see if it's cold or not. Because I suppose if you peer in, you can tell if it's cold. You just don't no, know you can't how always. cold it is. Well, one of the things we use it for is when to start putting our stuff in from the house because... Uh, we, you don't know if the fridge is cold enough to, to sustain all the, the stuff that you're going to put in. Of course, putting cold stuff in it will mean that it will get cold anyway. But the bottom line here is, is that I bought uh, an indoor-outdoor thermometer and put it on the outside of the fridge. So once again, I can tell the temperature of the uh, living space. But it also, which is the way we use it most of the time, tells us without opening the refrigerator, tells you the temperature inside the refrigerator. And, of course, with these... Evaporative refrigerators, although they work very well, and we've been very happy, especially um, <laughs> in more recent times. We've had trouble before. But uh, in more recent times, uh, these refrigerators work very well. But occasionally, uh, we get to a spot and mm, we're not level or there's a bubble in it or something, and it stops working, and you have to whack it or do something to it. And, they, uh, and you can tell by the refrigerator thermometer. Now... A very big secret. I was at Target the other day, and they have an an LCD refrigerator thermometer that sticks on the inside, which is very cool. But it's got nice big letters. Nothing worse than a than a uh, alcohol thermometer on the inside that you can't read the temperature on. Well, hopefully not all of our listeners are middle aged as we are, and their eyeballs work mm, better the than ours do. The baby generation is getting bigger. Moving on, an item that I would probably never have bought on my own, but, but I couldn't leave the house without it, and that's the GPS. And we did spend a whole episode talking about uh, our purchase of a GPS, but we're emphasizing it again this year because this Christmas they are on sale for huge discounts. My official job is the navigator, as you know, and my skills in that area are zilch. I am navigationally impaired, and even though we would accumulate large quantities of map, both um, comprehensive and in detail, uh, inevitably I would have Ken heading the wrong way down the road, and he gets so mad at me when he has to do a U-turn while he's pulling our fifth wheel. I can't imagine why. So the GPS is a lifesaver for me because I simply program in the address or the um, name of the destination that we're planning on visiting, and it tells you turn by turn exactly how to get there. Um, our GPS even knows if it's a boulevard or a one-way street. Um, depending on how new your maps are, it will it will keep up with the latest uh, construction, and uh, it gets you there every time. So it's, it's not an, a cheap purchase, but it's worth its weight in gold. I'm not sure if we told you, but we spent uh, about two months in Hawaii fairly recently, and although we were not in our RV, we did take um, our GPS with us for the rent-a-car, and it had great maps of Hawaii in an area which, of course, we didn't know the terrain at all. It was able to take us around and take us to places that we wouldn't have been able to find, I don't think. And our current version uh, speaks to you as well as displaying the route and the names of the streets. And we had a great time listening to our GPS try to pronounce all the Hawaiian names. Things like King Kamehameha Highway were very difficult for the GPS to master. 
But again, we got there every time. We felt like we were natives. Yes, it's very impressive. However, uh, we will be traveling into Mexico uh, come January, and we will be taking you with us, of course, but the GPS will be almost useless other than being able to tell us the latitude and longitude because unbelievable to us is there are no maps of Mexico. And maybe somebody could help us out with this. If you happen to know a GPS that maps Mexico, let us know. We have a Garmin 2720, and uh, it's the basic model because we didn't think we needed the emergency road thing, and we certainly don't need XM radio because we have that already, but it had several other features that uh, we didn't feel we needed in the more advanced models. But the maps are all the same, and Garmin apparently just doesn't have maps. They have maps of Hawaii. They have maps of South Africa. They have maps of Australia and Europe, but nothing for Mexico. So, A country where a good map would be a nice thing. And maybe that's the problem. Moving on on our list, we have the Sound Soother. Uh, we originally got one of these for our home, and you heard me make reference to uh, railroad trains going by in your campground, and they often do. Uh, we, we've concluded that often campgrounds are near railroads because the land is cheap and nobody else wants to live there. And there's nothing um, more bone-chilling than to be in a deep sleep and have a freight train go by and roust you out. And people talking next to you and people with dogs and small children who get up much earlier than you would like to. Um, all of these noises are very nice just to... Um, erase. And the sound soother that we have in our RV has a palette of different kinds of sounds from falling rain to crashing waves. Uh, You can, and frogs chirping. Uh, So you can choose the sound that makes you feel mellow and kind of blot out the rest of the world and get a good night's sleep. And once again, you can buy these at Radio Shack. We happen to have bought ours at uh, Sharper Image, and it has an iPod connection so that you can play your iPod through the speakers. But during the night, you turn on the sound soother, and it uh, smoother, soother, soother, and it uh, just kind of plays a very neutral sound. And frankly, the one we like the best is just... Like white noise? White noise, very good, Mm -hmm. like turning up the radio and not having any station. And it works uh, very well for blotting out those noises that you just plain don't want to hear. And maybe it's the squeak inside your RV. Or, for me, sometimes it's the furnace cycling on and off. Oh, I was afraid you were going to say the wife snoring. That, too. But I don't mention those things. That's why you've been married a long time. A long time. Moving on down our list, uh, Ken has listed the UPS, an item which I know very little about. But I do remember vividly uh, a campground Let's we were in. Let's mention what it is first. All right. A UPS, which is not a delivery company in the electronic sense. It is an uninterruptible power supply. In other words, battery backup for your sensitive electronic equipment. Easily purchased at for quite a, a low price in the 40 to $50 range at places like Best Buy and uh, most electronic stores. And you plug your sensitive electronic devices, such as computers, such as TVs, and other things that you don't want to have blow up, and it makes sure that the power to them is is consistent. Now, this is very critical and different than a surge protector. Surge protector doesn't do the same thing and is not nearly as effective as this is. 
I'm remembering, Ken, thinking about electricity, um, eating lunch in a campground in the Williamsburg area, one Uh real hot, sultry day in August, and the sky got really gray, and the clouds got bigger and bigger, and there was thunder, and all of a sudden, a giant blue ball of lightning rolled down the middle of our RV right next to us as we were eating lunch. It was terrifying. Would a UPS have helped us if we'd had one then? (laughs) Well... (laughs) Um, no. Well, it would have if you had one on the outside of the RV that controlled, that uh, protected the entire RV. But uh, I doubt that almost anything would have protected us then. And, of course, the nice thing is, is that UPSs used to be very expensive and, frankly, not very commonly available except to uh, really high-tech professionals. But these days they become something that you can actually have inside of your RV to um, to protect yourself. And it is, um, we just have it on sensitive electronic equipment. Uh, like our, you know, our LCD high-definition TV, we don't want it to blow out. And our computer, we don't want it to blow out. But I should mention that you don't need it on a laptop computer because a laptop has a battery which intercedes in between the, the computer and the power supply. So this is very nice. And in a lot of places there are, inconsistencies in the voltage, shall we say. In Mexico, we've certainly experienced that. And these inconsistencies, whether they be low voltage or uh, even high voltage, um, can cause problems for your electronic equipment. And the UPS will smooth that out to make sure that it doesn't cause problems uh, for your electronic equipment. And should you have a blink in the power or should the power go out for a short period of time, it will keep your equipment running, depending on its size. And uh, so you need to buy one that's appropriately sized for the amount of wattage that you want to keep running. But we have a, we have had a situation where we have uh, no lights on in the RV, and or we have the 12-volt system on, and we're watching TV, and the power goes out, and we don't even know it until the UPS dies. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah, well, it does send out a, a message there to tell you that it has died. One of the um, crosses that I bear as a high-tech wife is the large quantity crosses of remote controls that uh, litter my path everywhere I go, both at home and in our rig. And one of the things that really perplexes me when I want to, let's say, do something easy like turn the TV on is which of the seven remote controls that I see laying around is the one that I should use. And I'm constantly crabbing at Ken to make my life a little more in control so that I, too, can watch the TV channel that I want to watch or um, play a a video. And uh, more recently, he has finally seen a way to make his wife happy by purchasing a universal remote. And, of course, there have been universal remotes around for a long time, but they are not um, easily programmable, and that has been a problem. And I recently bought two Harmonies, which are from Logitech. And the nice thing about it is that they are programmable from on the web, (laughs) which may seem strange. But it has activities, and that's usually what you want to do. So you press a single button, which says Watch TV. It turns on whatever it needs to turn on. It turns off whatever it needs to turn off. And it sets it to the right input. And all that sort of stuff is done with one button. So it has a button on it for watch a movie. turns on the DVD player, turns on the amplifier, turns on the TV, puts the TV to the right input, 
and uses the correct volume, uh, whichever device is going to control it. And hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. And then it has another button to listen to CD. And it, once again, sets up the whole system for listening to a CD. So it has a number of different functions. And the nice thing, as I said, is, is that it's programmable on the web. So <laughs> you go on the web to, the, to your special website for the Harmony Remote, and it says uh, what brand of devices and what models do you have, and then it says what do you want to do. So the nice thing is is that it, it automatically does all of these uh, program features itself uh, once it knows what devices you have. So you just say, um, well, like I just bought and I just hooked up a computer to our TV set. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And... The nice thing is is that I just went into the Harmony website, and I said, I now have a c computer, and when I want to watch my still pictures in a, in a slideshow, uh, I want you to turn on the the tuners and tune it to uh, the input for the computer. I want you to turn the computer to this input, and I want you to turn the TV on and to turn the TV to the computer input. But I don't want to use the volume control on the TV. I'm going to use the volume control on the, t on the receiver. So all of that is done in, in seconds. You just download all this stuff. You press send it to the to the to the uh, Harmony Universal Remote, and bingo, it works. Sounds easy, huh? It used to be that you had to hold, you know, program the remote, and then you had to choose each of the devices in order to set it up correctly. This with the one button to get to any activity that you want to do is really convenient. And it has most of the buttons that you would that you need to to run any sort of device. So I think it's very nice. And I'm glad not to have to deal with seven remote controls anymore. And more and more RVs have more and more you know remote controls in them. We even have a remote control for our electric heater. And our ceiling fan. And our ceiling fan and all sorts of other junk. <laughs> so that you get more thousands of remotes. Not thousands, but a lot of remotes, and I've seen you go to the RV shows, you pull open the drawer, and there's six remotes sitting there because... And you can't remember which one goes with which device. Well, we can, but this just makes it all one button programmable. Uh, the Harmony remote is a bit expensive, and as, as I said, it's from Logitech, if you go to their website, but you can buy it at uh, Best Buy and places to like that, too. Um, it costs a couple hundred dollars, but uh, to keep Harmony at home... Uh -huh. We have one in the RV and one in the home. Hopefully they are similar to each other. Well, they are. They look the same, but the interesting thing is, of course, that they are programmed differently so that when you press watch TV in the, v, in the RV, it's, it, it's the same button you're pushing, but it's actually doing different things with different models and Next item. I don't actually have this item yet. I understand it's oh. going to be in my Christmas stocking. Uh, there are many times when you're in no, an RV situation for a longer period of time with a group of people uh, in a caravan or uh, when we're winter Texans and we stay in a campground for a month or so. It's very important to have a name tag. And I hate those little plastic ones that you glue on and are always upside down and smeary looking. And now you've come up with something new. Hello, my name is Ken, and it's in red letters on my electronic 
name badge. Ooh. It's supposed to come this week from Amazon. I'll give you a review once I've had a chance Less to use it. Less than $10. Put your name in lights on your chest. We'll have a picture of this. We'll put it on the website. You bet. Next item I don't think would fit in your stocking and might be more useful to those of us who are fifth wheelers than those of you that are Class A, but we have gotten a lot of use out of our what I call backseat fridge. Uh, This is a fridge about the size of a good-sized ice chest with a motor in it, and depending on how you set it, you can can heat or you can cool. It has more than a motor. All right. Whatever. You can tell who's high-tech here. Well, this is nice because it is a solid-state heating and cooling device. Okay. And this means that when we're out for the day, we can uh, pack it up with a picnic and have it be a hot one or a cold one, depending on the weather and what what we're planning on eating. And it's always at the correct temperature. Uh, This means when we're really traveling on our fifth wheel, we don't have to open the door and pull out the slide outs to make lunch. And even when we're just um, doing day trips from a place where we've stayed for a while, uh, everything is ready to go. And I don't have to deal with ice and the sandwiches getting soggy. My wife says when we stop someplace to do something, she says, we have to unplug the refrigerator because it will drain the battery. It doesn't? No, because it has its own internal battery. Very cool. So its own internal battery, which you can recharge uh, just like a car battery, its own internal battery will run it for uh, three to four hours. Oh, I remember another time I really liked this fridge. Uh, We were camped in Quartzsite, and we had to drive like 80 miles to the grocery store, and it was kind of warm. And I felt very comfortable buying, you know, dairy food and frozen food and putting that in that backseat fridge and driving the 80 miles back home, and then it was safe, and we didn't have food poisoning. And it has a battery, which will run it when you want to take it out and uh, take it into a concert or, and it has very nice wheels, and it also has a digital thermometer. And cup holders, too. And cup holders, yes, of course. But a digital thermometer to let you know exactly what the temperature is inside the fridge, and then all of that is built in. Where did I buy this fabulous unit? Pep Boys. Really? Yes. Um, our next item is a water purifier, uh-huh. and, and I've seen many of you in campgrounds next to me who have a gizmo on the outside of your unit that you plug your outside hose into, Yes. and often this will take the minerally taste out of the water yes. and maybe some of the bigger, lumpier things, but I'm talking about something uh, a lot more serious. In yes. particular, this has come in handy when we've gone to Mexico, and we really, truly were worried about drinking the water. For drinking water, and this is uh, reverse osmosis. And as you probably know, reverse osmosis uh, gizmos are fairly require a fair amount of space because you have to have that tank, and uh, it requires a fair amount of water pressure, and it's quite wasteful of water. Um, so reverse osmosis, although it provides you with that, provides you with absolutely pure water, regardless of the situation, regardless of the input water, that uh, many people don't have it because they don't have the the space and the, the wherewithal. Now what we have is one that uh, actually connects up to the faucet and just drips the water out into a container so that it's uh, very small, about uh, 8 inches long and about 2 inches in diameter, and has replaceable cartridges 
that need to be replaced infrequently because you're not making that much water. And you turn on the the faucet, and you just let it drip. Um, and in a few uh, in an hour, or so you have a quart. So um, I realize it's not the the best of uh, situations, and certainly doesn't replace uh, one that would be a large capacity. But there's no reverse osmosis that will do all of your water. And reverse osmosis is the only way to get really clean water. So the other ones are kind of just stopgap measures. But uh, this is a very nice device when you're worried about the water and you don't have any spare. Next item we have used primarily when we've boondocked, um, although there's no reason why you couldn't use it other times as well. And that's our wind-up radio. Um, our wind-up radio, um, as the name implies, has a handle on it, and you give it some vigorous turns, and it runs for maybe half an hour uh, without further attention from you. It also has a little solar panel if the sun happens to be out to help it with its uh, battery power. Truly an electronic gizmo that she's actually bringing up herself that she likes. Holy Moses. Well, some things do rub off after 30 years. A wind-up radio. And then the last item on here, I don't know if you want to talk about, is the furnace thermostat that you put Yes, in. I talked about this once before, but uh, if you haven't replaced your thermostat on your RV, with <laughs> replace the cheapo that they stick on to these RVs with a nice digital one that will maintain the temperature much more precisely and tell you what the temperature is much more precisely, then you uh, should think about going to Walmart or to your home uh, uh, store and getting a replacement thermostat. Almost any th- thermostat will work, and I've seen directions on how to hook up a, a number of different ones. And it has helped keep the temperature inside of our RV much more consistent, and uh, that costs you probably less than $20. So I think you could buy everything on our list for probably. Well, the GPS would. For less than $1,000, anyway. Hardly anything. Well, there are a couple of expensive things, but overall the list is quite short. It's quite inexpensive. Do you want to talk about some gizmo you want to buy to make our water pump more effective and efficient, or is that not oh, fitting no. in? I don't like the cycling of the water pump, so I'm going to check out one of the... Oh, I'll give you a full report on this after I replace the... Is that a winter project? No, no well, that's a Texas project. I'm not going to do it now because it's frozen, and the old RV has snow on it. Uh-huh. One month we have to spend in the cold, and we get a winter Christmas snowstorm. Which will make us appreciate the balmy breezes all the and more. we can be glad we weren't driving. So, uh, that kind of takes care of our Christmas list. As we said, be sure to keep in touch with us at navigator at rvnavigator.com. So, for the time being, we wish you a Merry Christmas. And a Happy New Year. And hope that you hear this in 2006. But if you're hearing it in 2007... Have a happy Christmas in 2007, too. And we'll be talking to you down the road. Bye now.